0: Ooh, your connections.
1: It's baked in science with the simplest commercial baking resource brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a
2: PhD in Grain Sciences, sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. With it's baked in
1: baked in You're listening to the Baked in Science podcast.
0: Welcome to Baked In Science, I'm your host Dr. Lynn from Bakerpedia, the world's largest technical resource for commercial bakers. Before we start, I would like to thank our friends at Novozymes. Novozymes is a world leader in enzyme production. Reach out to them at novozymes.com, novozymes.com to learn more. Are you looking for ways to add freshness to extend the shelf life of your baked goods? Today I'll be joined by Tisa Drew, staff scientist from Novozymes. Welcome, Tisa.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, Um, as we know, freshness is one of the biggest challenges in baked goods. So why do baked products go stale?
1: So bread staling occurs due to the starch and flour. The mechanism behind bread staling is due to the reorganization of starch fractions particularly those of highly branched amylopectin molecules, from the swollen, amorphous, gelatinized state into their native, rigid, crystalline state.
0: At Novozymes, you produce enzymes for baking, among other things. So what are enzymes exactly, and
1: how do they work? Enzymes are proteins. They are essential to and found in all living things. Enzymes act as biological catalysts they increase the rate of chemical reactions without undergoing any permanent change themselves. Enzymes are specific to the substrates acted upon. All right, so jumping back to my first question, what enzymes can be used to prevent products from going stale? Enzymes can be used to delay the recrystallization of the starch. Novazyme's maltogenic alpha amylase is unique in the way it modifies the starch granule. Instead of shattering the amylopectin, which is the main component of starch, amylose being the other, the maltogenic amylase leaves leaves its primary structure intact, generating small molecules, mainly maltose and some number of oligosaccharides and small dextrins from the ends of the starch molecules. This results in bread crumb that not only stays softer for longer due to reduced rates of starch retrogradation, but also retain its resiliency over a longer period of time. The maltogenic alpha amylase is still active after the temperature of starch gelatinization, but is functionally inactivated by the time the bread or cake leaves the oven. So are these enzymes safe to consume? Enzymes are absolutely safe to consume. Enzymes are just proteins. When we consume raw fruits and vegetables, we're eating enzymes. They're even found in your own body to assist in breaking down food. Are they organic or non-GMO? So let's break this down. There's quite a bit of confusion around this. Actually, enzymes are proteins and do not contain genes. They're not organisms and therefore are not genetically modified organisms. However, we acknowledge the concerns some people have on the use of genetic modification. We want to emphasize that there are no safety concerns around enzyme consumption, whether they are produced by a genetically modified microorganism or a non GM but we welcome the opportunity to engage in dialogue around any concerns and or doubts. As for your question around being organic, enzymes are included on the list of substances allowed in organic production in the USDA organic regulations. However, enzymes produced by genetically modified production organisms are not allowed in organic production due to an overall organic regulation that excludes the use of recombinant DNA techniques.
0: Sounds good. So how are enzymes produced?
1: So microorganisms with other raw materials are fermented under a carefully controlled environment to optimize enzyme production. The completion of fermentation results in the formation of a broth, and this broth then filtered and the enzyme is separated from the biomass, the production strain. The enzyme is now ready for formulation into the final product.
0: Sounds science So <laughs> are enzymes destroyed, or do we eat them in the
1: baked product? Enzymes are inactivated during the baking process. The inactivated and or denature protein remains in the baked good, but is no longer performing a function.
0: Good to know. Do these enzymes need to be declared on the ingredient label?
1: There is an exemption from labeling for incidental additives such as processing aids. If the enzyme is used at an insignificant level and is not performing a function in the final food, it may qualify for an exemption from labeling. Most enzymes used as processing aids in food. Some consumer product goods companies tend to include enzymes in the ingredient statement in either case for transparency, with their customers. And some have also found that enzymes have a positive connotation with consumers as well. Interesting.
0: Baked goods have been quite a roller coaster over the years, and consumers are starting to find their way back to them. What are some of the trends that you're excited about?
1: The market is asking for quite a few things. You're right, the consumers are finding their way back to bread, cakes, high-fat sweet goods, pastries, and more. You're even seeing some global influence with people eating international foods like baguettes, brioche, Panettone, tortillas. The list goes on. While this is exciting in itself, we're also excited to see what challenges and opportunities this brings. To give you an example, Consumers want high-fat bread applications, like brioche, But working with lots of butter can create quite the complexity at a bakery. So you can use lipases to help balance that.
0: But lipases are known to create an off-flavor in high-fat breads,
1: right? Unfortunately, yes. Sometimes lipases can sometimes create an off-flavor, but there is a lipase solution that mitigates that quite a bit. We have a product, Lipopan Prime, That modifies fats with much less likelihood of off-flavor generation.
0: Wow, good to know. People seem to be excited about sweeter items in general. Why do you think that is?
1: Overall, health is a big concern for consumers. People want to be healthy, but life is about balance, right? Yeah. We're all busy. We do our best to make the right decisions when it comes to our foods but we also want to indulge once in a while and celebrate with friends and family. So we're seeing the market is getting excited about cakes, donuts, pastries, panel chocolate, and so forth.
0: Yeah, cakes. They are taking a life on their own in bakery shops. What are the challenges with cake applications and specifically what
1: role can enzymes play in this? Cakes are very complex. There are so many types ingredients, fillings, toppings, etc., will affect the eating quality of a cake. Cake freshness encompasses initial softness, long-term softness, moistness, and other characteristics.
0: Do enzymes work differently in different kinds of cakes?
1: The optimum dosage will vary depending on cake type, flour type, formulation, process, storage conditions, and the desired quality at the end of the storage period. The optimum dosage should therefore be determined through baking trials. Great.
0: Are there challenges in working with enzymes with certain ingredients? Like what is the most common challenge you've experienced?
1: Yes, there are ingredients that create challenges in working with enzymes. For example, high levels of sugar affect the performance of freshness, maltogenic alpha amylase enzymes. What is the specific challenge with sugar? Novazymes has a unique product, OptiCake Excel, which consists of a patented sugar tolerant maltogenic amylase that acts on starch from the flour and a lipase. This enzyme is specifically developed to slow down staling of cakes with a high sugar content. Combined with the phospholipase for better texture, you get a complete patented tool for making your cakes stand out and gain consumer preference. OptiCake Excel is a robust enzyme product that working that works in a variety of cake recipes and processes. Positive results are typically seen in pound cakes, US layer cakes, muffins and cupcakes. And these include keeping the freshly baked qualities throughout storage, develop soft moist cakes with a superior texture, get higher volumes and a better cake shape, give consumers the cake they prefer. Thank you for joining us today, Tissa. You're welcome. I'm sure the
0: baking industry, whether you're a bread improver, distributor, or bakery, can benefit from this discussion as so many are looking for solutions that will extend the shelf life for their baked goods. Now, reach out to Novozymes if you want to learn more about baking enzymes and how these solutions can be applied in your production. Thank you, Tisa. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's take a break to acknowledge our sponsor, Novozymes. Wouldn't it be magic if bread could hold its shape and freshness over time? Behold the power of enzymes! With Novozymes and bread is able to maintain softness, moistness, and elasticity, regardless of being squeezed or pressed. NovoMil is an optimized maltogenic alpha amylase that achieves highest scores for sensory quality and overall eating experience, even after days or weeks of shelf life. To learn more, visit Novozymes, com forward slash freshness to order your sample today. Up next, let's hear from Stephen Pike on how to measure the effect of enzymes in bread. And to talk a little bit more about enzymes, we have Stephen Pike, the technical expert within Caliber. Stephen has an emphasis on imaging and NIR and is a 30 year veteran in the cereal industry. From the center of England, here's Stephen. Hi, Stephen.
2: Hi, good morning.
0: Good morning. What is C cell and why are you so passionate about it?
2: Um, C-cell is a a technology that's been around for quite a while. We, We first started working with this around 20 years ago, although commercially it's been available for about 17 years. It's digital image analysis analysis with um, a bespoke software program. And what we are doing is, is analyzing the internal structure and shape of, of baked products um, in, in order to quantify, to give objective data to the, uh, to the people carrying out the tests. Making bread is not like it used to be when grandma made it in the kitchen. It's a very industrial process, and this is made even more difficult because we, we're looking at a variable raw material all the time. So the, the constant battle the baker has is to try and um, get the raw materials in a formulation that he can process well and produce a consistent end product without too much wastage. And this is where we find that C-cell generates a lot of interest, is giving objective numbers rather than a visual assessment by somebody, um, we, we're quantifying the number of cells, or quantifying the size of the slice of bread. All this is, is useful information to the baker because they can make small adjustments
0: mm-hmm.
2: within the process.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, being an analysis being an ana- being an analysis instrument i 'm sure you see a wide range of inquiries. What are the recent inquiries uh, that you see is at the top of the hot topic list
2: okay well C-Cell does have a broad range of, of customers we deal from wheat breeders all the way through to uh, bakers, but the, the current hot topic seems to be the increasing interest in enzymes, certainly uh, using enzymes to produce clean label mm-hmm. benefits.
0: So, how do you see the effect of enzymes using C-cell imaging?
2: Well, we normally, we're normally looking at the, the dough conditioners, so dough strengtheners, dough weakeners. Um, you, you will be able to characterize the, the formulation or the recipe you're working with by looking at, at detailed information like the number of cells, the size mm-hmm. of the cells, um, the cell wall thickness. A lot of the additives or enzymes people are looking at now are, are are created to actually give the dough more elasticity or extensibility, which means it, it, it's either a, a stronger dough or it will flow through the process better. And these will all have major impacts on the, the internal structure of the product.
0: That's true. So basically what you're suggesting is someone who is – um, working on a clean, cleaning up their label to use, say, uh, to image their product with Datum or, you know, ADA, um, and then remove remove it and produce a control without those, and image that, and then uh, replace it with enzymes and image that and to compare across these three images. With,
2: exactly. Is
0: that what you – okay.
2: Exactly, yes, because okay. you – what you can do then is, once you have the control, which may be the datum-based product, you can then start to look at um, test bakes with varying levels. You're using enzymes at very, very low levels. That's true. And they are expensive. So in order to, to get the best price performance, you, you will start to look at different dosing levels. Now, I see, I see. we're talking about, PPM levels. That's true, but then um,
0: h- how would you then quantify that quality in bread?
2: Well, if we take, if we go back to the datum, um, we can we can produce hard numbers for that. So, we could say uh, we produce ten thousand cells. They will have a average cell diameter of point two millimeters. That's, That's- true. We can't see that
0: with a human eye.
2: <laughs> is, is the standard point. Right. Um, but then what we do with the, with the enzyme formulations is we try to duplicate the datum specification to start with. Now, you may well be able to take it further. You may be able to enhance... Um, the the quality the internal structure or the size and shape of them you may be able to enhance that further by adding more of the enzyme but then that that becomes more of a a decision that the baker makes right Um, but certainly you would use it as as the control the 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 current product you're making and then duplicate it and Because C-Cell will produce so much data, we we can very closely match our control sample.
0: Right. So um, C-Cell produces objective reproducible data. What is currently missing right now in the Baker's toolkit in terms of being able to do that? I mean, I'm sure there's something around in the bakery that they can use to objectify data.
2: Well, the, the, the problem is, I mean, there are a few instrumental methods for looking at finished bread quality. You can measure the, the loaf volume. Um, there are laser techniques. You can measure the external color of the Correct. product, bake mm-hmm. color. Um, looking at the internal structure is is the only current method that's used is the one that's been used for decades which is a visual assessment and it's then down to you as the assessor um deciding on a does this look atypical for the type of product we're making is this good bad now we and we may well come on to this a little later but it's it's then down to a very personal assessment. That's and true. And if two people look at very different bloomers, then you will, you will grade them in the same manner. But as we get closer and closer together in quality, mm-hmm. then it, it's not quite as easy which is the best product. Um, even, you know, and this has big implications on the costing. That's true. I so, mean, just,
0: just the purchase of an equipment like that alone can uh, cut costs tremendously in terms of enzyme application, you know. Well, we feel
2: it, it, it not only can you um, gain from it by ensuring you're maintaining product quality, but you can also strive to improve it. You can see there are key quality drivers with all types of bread. And you can see where you would maybe like to go and then make small changes within the plant. It's not only the formulation, you know, it, it, it's, it's configuring your processing equipment to, to match perfectly the product you want to make. So, reformulating, reevaluating new mixers, mixer mm-hmm. technology is changing. We sell equipment into the bakery equipment manufacturers, uh, and they are evaluating new mixer designs.
0: Yeah, um, so I have one more question in terms of the technical aspect of what you image, and that is cell diameters, you know? So what does, in, in, in research, what does an increase in cell diameters mean? What have you seen?
2: If we're seeing uh, an increase in cell diameter, we are measuring the average cell diameter. Okay, got it. The the process that we go through is we will uh, take the digital image. We then process process it through a software program whereby we identify the individual cells and cell walls. So once we've done that, we can count the number of cells so quite typically people will talk about those uh, 9870 cells in this slice of bread so that we, we literally count every one but pretty quickly and um, the idea then is we will plot a histogram ah got it and we will then measure the the mean oh, or the average okay. diameter of all the cells now the the one question people normally ask after that is, "Well, how do I identify a hole? Because holes are seen as big negatives."
1: Correct. Um, and and in very
2: simple terms, it, it, if you plot something like the the individual cell sizes, you will always get a bell hysteresis. Correct histogram. Um, were you? And then it becomes a bit statistical, which we won't go into. But if any of the cells identified within the structure are basically three times the standard deviation of the mean.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
2: they're classified as an outlier or
0: oh, a whole.
2: So it means we can look at um, fine textured sandwich bread, bloomer, or a, a baguette or a ciabatta. We don't need to change any of the settings on the instrument. It's looking at the distribution of cell sizes within that sample.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the quickest way to quantify a big hole.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you think of baguette, if you think of French baguette, it is a very open texture.
0: That's true. So you
2: would expect, and very rarely would you ever see a hole in a, in a French baguette because it has such a wide range of sizes.
0: Right, right. Well, that's a really nice overview of um, how to quantify bread quality and the effect, actually, the effect of enzymes and what you see in there. You can actually use this instrument to quantify um, the, the uh, enzyme activity that you as a baker use in your formulation. So thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you for coming by today and explaining how we can objectively quantify um, bread quality without being too subjective. Thank you. Here's a quick shout out to Calibre Controls. C-Cell is used globally in the baking industry to objectively assess and product quality of baked goods. c can help reduce product development time and be incorporated into daily quality assurance routines. For more information, reach out to their team at bakingqualityanalyzer.com. That's analyzer spelled as A-N-A-L-Y-S-E-R. Before I end, I would like to thank our sponsor, LaSaf. Thank you, LaSaf, for sponsoring Bakerpedia. You have made it possible for us to make this resource free to 1.5 million users in the past year. Find out more about sponsors like LaSaf, Novazymes, and Caliber in our sponsor showcase on Bakerpedia.com. Lastly, please like, comment, and subscribe to Baked In Science. Till the next time, bakers, learn more about enzymes for baking on Bakerpedia.